0: Attention, Austin guitar players and bass players. Are you in need of setup or repair on your axe? Well, I have the guy for you, gang. That's Jason Swedberg over at J. Scott Luthery, and you can find him at J. Scott Luthery on Instagram. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I've been talking about Jason for years. Why is that? Because I've been taking my guitars to Jason for over 20 years. Not only does he do the best job, but he has the best prices and the fastest service in town. Again, find him at J. Scott Luthery on Instagram. Not only is he doing an amazing job repairing and setting up guitars he is now building guitars that's right he built me an sg jr which i have and it sounds amazing it feels great it's it's the very first sg jr he ever built i've got a j scott Luthery sg jr you can go see him at uh j scott Luthery on instagram get a guitar built get your guitars fixed get them set up j scott Luthery on instagram let's get down hey gang i want to thank you for listening to this episode of how did i get here I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow, and if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show, so thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving, whatever it is you did. I hope you spent it with people that you love, friends, family. I got to spend it with my girlfriend Jenny's family out in LaGrange. It was a really nice time. Food was good. Gorgeous place out there in the middle of nowhere. Cows everywhere while you're driving out there. It's pretty awesome. I love those guys. I always want to honk, but then I'm scared they're going to get, you know, bummed out like you're, you know, like you're making fun of them by honking. So I don't want to make fun of cows, so I just drove out there and had a really lovely Thanksgiving. Food was good, company was good, great people, and I came home and put on stretchy pants, I'm sure, like everyone else did. You know, some kind of sweatpants, get in your comfortable zone, let your stomach hang over the, <laughs> hang over the waistband. Just comfortably, freedom, hope no one pantses you in your own house. Um, yeah, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. It was beautiful weather, it was nice and cool, it was a little drizzly, but that always makes the holidays a little bit better to me. I always I was think of the holidays. Like, as you know, the fall and winter holidays, like Christmas and 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 Thanksgiving. I want it to be kind of cold and a little bit rainy outside. That's how it should be. That's that's the vibe. I like a gray Christmas. I like a gray Thanksgiving. Shoot me. Anyway, gang, uh, I hope you guys all have a good weekend, whatever it is you choose to do this weekend. I know that there's a lot going on wherever it is you go. Um, I'm going to try and find some stuff to go see. There was something I wanted to go see Saturday, but I can't remember what it is. Anyway, gang, I have a great show for you guys today. Uh, Trashy Annie, a brand new band from right here in Austin, Texas, uh, that started during the pandemic by their leader, Annie Davis, who who just started writing songs during the pandemic and uh, learning a bunch of instruments during the pandemic. But she was also 44 years old at that time. And then three years later, (laughs) this year, earlier this year, the Cactus Theater in Lubbock, she was honored as the CMA of Texas Americana Artist of the Year. That's she's got one record out that came out in May. It's fantastic. It's called Sticks and Stones. Then she got signed to Indie Giant Cleopatra Records, which has almost every artist you've ever heard of, like Ario Speedway, all these people are on this on this label. And uh, yeah, so three years in, she's out there winning awards, putting out records on a cool ass label, playing shows everywhere. As I said, she's from here in Austin. You can actually go see Trashy Annie Saturday, December 2nd at Captain Quackenbush's down south. That used to be a strange brew. Get on down there and check that out. I would go, but I'm playing with Skyrocket at a party with a horn section. That's a whole story that I'll, uh, you'll hear all about, I guess, the weekend after or the Tuesday after, after I put that show up. My friend Lori Pearson, who was on the show about a year ago, who uh, had Laurie Radio, but now she's rebranded it to Jane Radio, reached out to me a couple months ago or so, and, and was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Trashy Annie?" And I'm like, "No." She's like, "Check out this record, Sticks and Stones, and check out her story and stuff. Really fantastic story. And, and, and Annie, like, she went off and she started off playing music. Like, she grew up poor. She got a trumpet, like, from on loan from somebody, gave it to her." And she started getting into music, but then she went to college, she ended up getting a doctorate and going and working in the nutrition sector and starting a company and running that for a long time. But then it was during the pandemic that she rediscovered music and decided to start writing songs at 44 years old. And now here we are, Trashy Annie and her album Sticks and Stones, which also is available on vinyl. On Cleopatra Records, You can find her at TrashyAnnie.com. As I said, she'll be playing Saturday, December 2nd at Quackenbushes, at Captain Quackenbushes down south. Go to TrashyAnnie.com for all of your Trashy Annie needs. So without further ado, me and Annie Davis have a really great conversation about her journey in life and in music. Enjoy it. Let's get down. That email from uh, Rory, I at the, or the a, a message on Instagram or something, and then like I looked you up and I was I was like, Who "The hell is this person? Jesus
1: of- Christ! Like, where, where did this come from?" And then also like, I love a middle finger, you know. Did you see the back album art on it? No. So look at the back of the album. So that's all. It's all shit that people. Set on my social media page this last year. So I just screenshotted <laughs> it all. <laughs> like, fuck y'all. <laughs> Horrible, right? You people, use are real so, models for people are so terrible. I'd asked my lawyer, I was like, can I just screenshot with their names and everything on it? And he's like, fuck yeah, if they put it on uh, on social media, get get after it. I was like, all right. <laughs> I got an idea for you people.
2: <laughs>
0: Um, this album is really like your band is really cool. I watched some videos and stuff. You've been going out on the road and stuff. So this has only been going on. Yeah. Since after pandemic.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a new crazy thing.
0: And you just kind of like, do do you start writing songs during pandemic? Is that one Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll get into that, but this record's great. Uh,
1: sticks and stones. Yeah. Thank Um,
0: you. All right. It's just, it's, it's interesting. I, I see people because I worked with. Do you know what the Austin Music Foundation is or slash was? I don't know if it's still around anymore.
1: S- sort of, yes. Okay, so sort of yes.
0: I worked with them. Okay, for a long time for many years until just this last summer oh. when they kind of like were like, "Hey, we don't know what's going to happen." Okay, they brought in all new people, got rid of everybody that was there, just oh. started over. Wow. I think I don't know. No one okay. tells us anything.
1: Anyway. Okay.
0: Sorry, through consultations and that. Through doing this podcast, I get I get messages from people. People that start out, at it in uh, not the golden years, but like kind of like where yeah. a, you know a practical person would be like, "Dude, you're 44. What are you gonna fucking go start a band and make your hair pink? What, what is yes. wrong with you?" Yes. Yes. Um. You you want to discourage these people because you're like, oh, you know, there's not a lot of road for somebody like that. But you, I, I mean, you're on this label. I fucking looked up this 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 Cleopatra Records. It literally has every band except the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. It has a flock of seagulls, Three Eleven, yeah. yeah, Todd Rundgren, yeah, you,
2: yeah, yeah. That is your
0: first record,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So the things, so sorry, I've done this for a long time. I'm 55. Like that little guy was that was 1983, yes. where I have that guitar. That's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people get mad and they're like, what the, f- what the fuck did she ever do? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I've been out there slugging it out right So, but sometimes, I mean, I'm of the belief that there's a certain amount of this shit that's just taste. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if you can, if you have the wherewithal to ha- to sing and you can, t- like sometimes rock critics become... Musicians and they're fucking really good. Yeah. Just because they've spent so much time only immersing themselves in greatness. Yeah. And I feel like you've kind of like, you've surfaced like fully formed.
2: Thanks for that. Put out your first record with a record deal. I appreciate it. No big, (laughs) no nothing.
0: Just here. No problem.
1: Yeah. It's a. yeah, it's 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 been a thing. I mean, I was a so I was a trumpet player in college.
0: I and, saw that. Yeah, and you got your doctorate in trumpet. No, no.
1: so I got my. I'm, I'm a chiropractor, or in, in a, another life, that's a whole another story. But Currently, I, uh, yeah, I've oh. got a company called Run Lab. so we do running biomechanics analysis and physical therapy for runners and stuff. So I did that after. I get close to the end of college, and so I was like, what the hell am I going to do as a trumpet player? <laughs> I don't want to be a band teacher, and I don't want to play in an orchestra, and there's not many rock bands hiring trumpet players, so I was like, let me just, uh, let me make a big old pivot, and uh, went into, I was I was a, a firefighter at the time, and so I wanted to go into emergency medicine. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. Anyway, so I got into, I was in that world, and then I got into triathlons and Iron Man and doing all of this, this kind of thing, and got into running and was injured all the time and decided I wanted to get into biomechanics and solve my own shit. And so went down that road and yeah, started a company and did all of that and then got back into music uh, during the pandemic because I had missed it so much and had never tried to write a song or do anything in that world, but decided this was something I wanted to learn how to do at least once and uh, picked up a guitar and started learning to play and wrote my first song and was like, this is for me. You know songwriting is for me it's the thing that i want to do and so that's how i got back into it
0: it's interesting that somebody of such a high level of intelligence and uh it comes through in your songs
1: hmm, thank you
0: but somebody of such a high level of intelligence and ambition as you've just displayed in like the last five and a half minutes <laughs> that you're like trashy Annie you know what I mean that you're like the middle finger like it almost it's uh, yeah now you're a genius in my
1: book well thank you yeah for saying that because there's yeah the trashy anything has its own whole story behind it and uh well we'll get into that that. but before we get
0: into that (laughs) I, I was looking through your Instagram and not in a creepy way at all yeah yeah I was like I need to talk to Annie about what she's doing to get these abs Oh, They're killer, you. dude. You have a fucking six pack. Like, it's,
1: the, it's the stress diet.
0: People... <laughs> it's
1: easy. I got it. <laughs> is that what happened?
0: Did I just like, I, was... I, I did take myself out of a lot of stressful situations in my
1: life. It's, it's really, um, I, it's actually not that what I run every day, you know, I just feel like it is so important to keep your body feeling good. If you yeah. want to keep your mind feeling good and everything yeah. else. I mean, I've just, you know, that's what I've done with run lab for the last 10 years is help people move. And so for me, that piece of things is so important. And now that I'm on stages bouncing around, trying to figure out how to fricking sing and dance around and not look like an idiot or run out of breath or whatever, there's a lot to learn. Right. And so, uh, so as a noob, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I do though is, is I run, I run a lot. Um, do you, it, do you still do like triathlons and stuff? Not as much since I got back into music. Because okay. it's just, it's so time consuming. Because I was doing Ironmans and things. and those that, are,
0: that, That's like a, another job. It's like another yeah. job. Yeah. So you can't have yeah. like three yeah. full-time
2: no. jobs. No,
1: and music yeah. is where my heart is. So yeah. I really feel like between Run Lab and what I do with the company still and what I'm doing on the music side, I'm pretty pretty fulfilled. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so... I got, I'm trying to figure out when to go back to the beginning because there's still some questions in the present that I so you have hey, a band? Yeah. Is it the same band that you kind of started out with?
1: No, all no. different, but okay. now I have this great band of people that I feel are um the, the guys you know they're they're great yeah. and it took a long time and a lot of iterations I say a long time you know short in relation to what a lot of people have sure. to go through I understand that but I had to dig through a lot of people to get to the group I have now and they are awesome and so I think we're gonna go somewhere together for sure.
0: How did you do like how did you do that because you started from from nowhere did you hey 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 did you know other musicians I'm sorry <laughs> Hey,
1: hey our friend rosie
0: <laughs> rosie rosie just like every once in a while she's I like hey that. i love you i forgot to tell you <laughs> no. um there's uh did you did you just like go on like did you go on craigslist uh. or did you know uh, one person that could lead you to other people or did
1: how did the first okay. thing start and, i and what I did s- you put
0: in there because sorry there's one more yeah. <laughs> oh thing yeah, yeah like like hey i've never done this before <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I have this handful of songs. Anyone want to jam?
1: It was kind of like that. I actually started on drums. That was my first, the first instrument I bought during the pandemic. It was right before the pandemic. And I bought a drum kit because I'd always wanted to play drums. That was what I wanted to play back when I was a kid, but... Nobody. It's fun, nobody's isn't it? like, oh yeah, by all means, choose the drums. You know, tr- trumpet was bad enough, but you know, I I taught myself to play, and it was kind of the, the trumpet was the last instrument my my music room had available to loan me because I grew up super poor on food stamps and welfare and all that, so I wasn't gonna afford just buying an instrument or getting lessons. So I was like, what do you got left, you know? So anyway, but what I really always wanted to play was the drums. So uh, so I bought myself a kit. I was like, that's it. I'm gonna learn to play. And so it was kind of that I would host these open jams where I would say, "Listen, you can come as long as you let me drum. Every you can bring anything <laughs> else you want, and it was awesome." So I'm like, "Cause nobody, nobody wants to invite a new drummer to jam right. with them, right? right. Nobody." Right. And so, I said, "We'll come use my space. I'll provide amps. I'll throw a couple guitars out for people who want to use them. You know, just show up and let me play drums." And it was actually a lot of fun. I mean, we'd have jams where 20 people would show up, and people would bring all kinds of weird instruments and things. So. That was sort of what got me in tapped into a few other musicians. And then when I picked up guitar, I called a couple of those people and say, hey, you know, I'm working on writing a song. Would you maybe sit in with me and jam a little bit? Because I don't know how to play any chords. (laughs) So, you know, maybe I can, because I wrote my first song with just one chord because that's all I could play on the guitar. So uh, that's how it started to develop. But my first couple of gigs... Were just me and my guitar. I couldn't stand up and play at the same time. So I'm sitting on this stool with this big book of, you know, songs written out on a music stand, doing the whole thing. And at some point I was like, I got to I got to level up here. <laughs> so memorized my songs, got myself a guitar player and then, you know, started developing it from there.
0: Wow. But this is really fast.
1: Too. Well, I, I mean, don't it's really like to fast. suck at things. And so when I decide I'm going to do something, this is how it goes. Right. Like I did. I started started swimming and was like, I'm going to do an Ironman. Like, this is just how I do things because I don't I don't want to suck at stuff. And uh, and also this is such a huge thing for me because I feel like I've after all these years found the thing that I'm sort of meant to do. And so, yeah, I just I want to I want to go. Yeah. so it's taken a lot of a lot of iterations and a lot of running through different people but
0: I mean you want to go you but know? you you realize that it doesn't normally like for anyone even <laughs> even like well even Britney Spears I know you know what I mean I do like I do
1: I know <laughs> <even laughs> but <Britney Spears. laughs> I know um you know and not and I'm not where the, I want to be the pinnacle yet of, of talent but yeah but, but I know I mean, what you mean yeah you know, Kind of a jaker for for some people and and not others. Sometimes it's a long slope. Well, you have
0: people that have gotten behind you, and that's a very difficult thing to do. And usually in the first two years of you, like I didn't have a fucking manager then.
2: Yeah, (laughs) right, right. That was Kayla's
0: birthday party. (laughs) That's awesome. In her living room. That's awesome. My amp's on a a bucket. (laughs) That's how I started out. That's how most people do. But it's fucking, it's pretty amazing because you sort of like, you're not... The thing is, is you also have to have talent to back. Like you can't just, you can't just have all of this ambition.
2: Correct. And, and wake
0: up one day and decide you want to be a, a band person. Right. And literally like fucking three years later, you're releasing a record on a label that has flock of seagulls. On right. It. Like that's insane.
1: <laughs> right. Right. It's true. And I do know this. And a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, what the hell is even going on? I'm doing this, uh, this really cool... So I just started co-writing for the first time. So I've okay. never really done any co-writing.
0: So you wrote all those songs on the gave yourself? Mm-hmm.
1: I did, yeah. What's wrong with you? I love it. Did I love songwriting. you produce song the writing. record too? Uh, so I helped, yep. So I've got like a little team <laughs> out in Arizona where we all... There's just three of us and we, we play everything and we co-produce it together and they're awesome and they bring a lot of cool ideas to the table and they like my ideas as well so we work really well together and i like being involved in the production process because i have a vision for these tunes right yeah, yeah, them, yeah. like Obviously. i know what i want this to be and so um i've yeah i found a great group of people to work with on that side of things but i just started co-writing for the first time because a friend of mine i don't know if you know do you know danny b harvey yes yeah. local okay yeah, he's so great. i started playing drums for him a couple of times a month and uh when uh a year or so ago and so Okay. Yeah, ish, and uh, and so he it, he sent my music over to a friend of his, Tommy Price. Yeah, yeah you, I love Tommy. You know Tommy? Yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah, so he's amazing, right? So he called me up and was like, "We need to write together." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> you know, so I, I walk into his studio wow. last week, and one. The, so I just finished a second. Well. It's in the process. I finished my part for this second album, but one of the songs on there is a co-write with Tommy. And so anyway, we want to do a whole album together. So I went to his studio last week and we started working. I walk into his his room and I'm like, oh my God, there's, you know, platinum gold records all over the walls, like awards everywhere. I'm like, holy shit, how did this? So it was one of those surreal moments of holy crap, you know, three years ago. Yeah didn't even know what an XLR cable was now <laughs> I'm in Tommy Price's house writing a song with him so uh so it's it's very cool and none of the awesomeness of all of this stuff is lost on me. you know, I wake up every morning and it's a lot of work, as you know, but it's also just the thing that when when you got to do it, you got to do it yeah. you know when you're a musician and you feel like it's in you, you can't suppress that. I really I believe that so yeah, here we are
0: yeah dude i'm a, I'm a grown man. I don't have a dining room I have this <laughs> right. you know what I mean
1: right i do i do know what you mean i don't
0: care about that you know what i mean yeah I it do. doesn't matter to me I do. that's just another room that yeah. I, w- I wouldn't even use it
1: yeah yeah
0: i'd still eat everywhere else <laughs>
1: yeah. i get you
0: <laughs> man this is awesome annie davis my my friend taylor davis is married to a lady named annie davis
1: oh she must be amazing she actually is very <laughs> amazing and
0: very hilarious
1: that's great. Um,
0: so uh so this team out in Arizona Yeah. It's not this then the people on the album, that's not the band that you're playing.
1: Yeah, so I have my live crew okay. Okay. and I started with the guys in Arizona, uh, for I did my first song here in Austin, my first okay. song, "Running," the one chord song. Yeah, so yeah. I produced well, that here at Eastside Music Studio. Yes, question. Eastside Music Studios? Yes. With Hugh. Uh, like, who's the people? So um, Austin Sisler works over there. Do you know him? No. And Alex is the owner, and he's a little bit more hands-off now okay. since COVID, but they're a great crew of people. And so that was the reason. So I'd written this song. I was like, hadn't written anything else. This was during COVID. And I thought, I want to learn how to... Produce a song. I don't even know what goes into putting something on Spotify. I don't understand anything. You know, I'm learning all of these things for the first time. So I wrote this tune. I took it to Austin. And I said, I want to learn how to use logic and do lessons and mixing and like that world. Because I want to understand some of that stuff. So that's how we ended up spinning up that tune and putting it out on Spotify. And then uh, after that, I wrote a second song and wanted to work with these people in Arizona And so I went out there and we did that one together and it went really well. And that was Nuclear Meltdown, which is also on this album. And so then a year later, I wanted to finish out the album with all these songs I'd been writing after doing that second one and, and, you know, getting drinking the Kool-Aid essentially. And uh, so then I went back out there with them and, and worked all that up. But in the meantime, I was going through all these different iterations of Bandmates and didn't really have a permanent band. Right Now I have a permanent band of really great players, and so we're working out how do we get them into the mix as well. You know, and I think there's kind of a, I always talk to them about the fact that I think, you know, live guys and studio guys sometimes are not the same skill sets, and it's cool to have different guys on the studio albums because they bring different ideas to the table that maybe none of us would have thought of. That's true. You know, and I love all the different perspectives, and so I think it, in my dream world, everybody's kind of, all yeah, yeah. working on it together. Yeah. So that's where we are. But yeah, as far as that album goes, yeah, studio guys, there's on a team, the Tone, Kinch- Tone Kitchen guys, PH Nafa and Jeff Lesby uh, Brault up from uh, Phoenix area.
0: So you went out there and recorded?
1: Yep. Yep. So I've recorded two albums out there now. Jesus. Yeah, the second one's in the. is going to be really good. Yeah. I really like the first one too. I think the second one. So one's when is gonna the be... second
0: one going to come out?
1: Probably. Well, we just finished tracking vocals and guitar and drums and kind of the bones of things uh and you went out there ago. to do that mm-hmm. yeah so recorded that out where do you stay az uh tempe hotels wherever okay. is close to the studio what's
0: the not still what's the name of the place right outside that's like kind of scottsdale
1: scottsdale yeah i yeah. stayed in scottsdale
0: you ever stay at the valley Ho. no killer place i don't
1: think i know that place
0: yeah. do you not drink or something
1: no i drink a lot oh <laughs>
0: awesome Killer nope, bar and killer pool area. like ah. it's, a, it's like a 50s hotel that they just sort of upgraded and made like super hip. It's oh, cool. nice. Yeah. Cool. It's fun.
1: Valley Ho. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, the Valley Ho. Nice. Great. And yeah. I, uh, okay, so uh, do you know A.J. Vallejo?
1: I don't personally know. But you know, know his work? Yes.
0: I was, like when I was listening to your stuff, I was like, he would freak out on this shit too. Oh, that's yeah, that's cool. I'll let him know.
1: Please do. I should have.
0: I didn't That I would didn't be amazing. I just thought it.
1: That's okay. Um, I'll remind you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh how many songs have you written with tommy
1: uh just, yeah. the, one just the one okay so, so you, you've got the album
0: that's out sticks and stones you've got the, you've album got that's the out. other album kind of in the can that needs some Yep, and then that, it'll come out
1: yep and that'll have one on it that i co-wrote with Tom with tommy and then and the rest i wrote and, and then, then there's gonna be a tommy, and then there'll be a tommy and annie album that we just started working on that i, I think will be really cool too.
0: are you gonna call that trashy annie
1: I don't know what we're gonna do with that one yet. I I think he Tommy is super awesome to work with and kind of open to whatever. But I think we'll, you know, I don't know how we'll put it, present it to the world. I'm just really excited to be working with him.
0: It's funny the style of music that you play. I was wondering because there's a uh, you you're in a family tree of music that eventually became Americana, but uh-huh. like when it started out, like uh, like the Blasters. And even X. Mm. Do you know X? The Mm -mm. Los Angeles. Should I? Punk band. Oh yeah. Maybe. Amazing.
1: Maybe run across them and don't know. That I know. Yeah,
0: you've definitely like you've seen their their bass player singer guy in tons of movies.
1: I feel like with John Doe, the streaming world too, you get exposed to a lot of things. you Don't know who you're even listening to anymore right. because you get fed something like, Oh, I love this. And then onto the, whatever the next thing is, it's good and bad for us as musicians. But yeah, so yeah. probably, well, it's but- kind of
0: like, you know how those, those people that come, uh, that become, uh, like, uh, Like folk singers, but they come from punk. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's that kind of, that thing is still kind of edgy, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So at one point, punk people started moving out of their thing, like Alejandro Escovedo, you know him? Yeah. He's from here. He, He started out, he had a band, The Nuns, that was like this super offensive punk band that opened for the Sex Pistols. And uh, and then he eventually became Alejandro, right? But he's yeah. still, there's still, like, he's playing an acoustic guitar. Yeah. But he's still, like...
1: Bob Schneider's like, got a little bit of that whole thing going on, too, right? I had a, you had know? a, nice,
0: I had a nice exchange with him last night. Bob? Beautiful, yeah. Nice. That's great. I love that dude.
1: That's great. I've never talked to him personally. per se. I've seen him play a million times, but...
0: He's phenomenal. He really is.
1: He's a great songwriter. He's a ninja. Yeah. Um, does he come from that? It's funny, because I was I uh, just... Uh,
0: was that book. I just had those guys that wrote that book about the underground scene in Austin. Uh. They were just on a couple of days ago, but um there was there's a thing that he and I were in the same scene and playing the same clubs when I think that probably we should have been in those other clubs. Except for that, uh. we were seemed like real fucking assholes in the in the places <laughs> we were, <laughs> right. which gave us a little bit more light. Right. Um uh Okay, so there's this other this other thing that was happening in in the in the East Coast in the '80s that was like uh, Georgia Satellites, yeah, and like you know what I'm saying, I like do. The, oh, what was the other band? Oh god, 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 uh, uh, Jason and the Scorchers. Hmm, they're kind of family bands, like guys yeah. from those okay. bands playing like similar bands. Yep. Anyway, there's like this. Uh, but like punk Billy or Psycho Billy, it's yes. like that kind of. There's yes. like that the energy, but then also like really great songwriting. Yeah, that comes from like country music and a story to tell and stuff.
1: I like that you say that because that's one challenge we've had as a band is people will ask, you know, what's your genre, and I'm like, well. It's, it's, it's a little wide, because, you know, I've got some really stripped down acoustic stuff. And then I've got some pretty yeah. heavy rock stuff. And I like that about our bands, because it's interesting to me, I don't want to just write one genre. Yeah. However, when people are looking to book us or want to know what we are, I mean, at the at the root of what we are, we're a rock band. Yeah. But you yeah. know, it's kind You're of rock wrapped around. Band. Yeah country type sure. lyrics and you know storytelling yeah. and all of that stuff so it's a and I think it's cool the time we're living in now because genres are just kind of collapsing all yeah they all don't over matter the place, right yeah. they don't really matter anymore yeah. but people still do ask what kind of band are you like, yeah a rock band probably is the best you know the closest we are but we don't really fit it's it's a it's a hard thing in Texas because we're not country,
2: <gasps> hey. country
1: enough for the the Texas venues and so we're starting to figure out who our people are because we'll show up at a show where we're sandwiched right in between like a super heavy some kind of a metal band and a couple of punk bands or whatever and they and it's a great crowd for us. You know, you got guys with mohawks and chains and you know, leather and all the things and they're rocking out to songs like Born Pretty or whatever, you know, right. like that's okay, a great these song, are our people. Way. Thank you. Yeah. That one's a, a that I that's one of my favorites because it really is it sort of defines the Trashy Annie thing. Just be yourself and love yourself yeah. no matter what you look like or who you are. You know, so that's a that's a cool tune for me, too. Is, um, but yeah, anyway. It's funny
0: to have that sort of, uh, like, you're Annie Davis and the band is Trashy Annie, right? Yes. But you know, like, Alice Cooper was just the name of the band. And then eventually, like, everyone just kind of, like... It's leaned into the him with hoodie the hootie
1: and the blowfish thing too, right? Like there's no hootie, but but hootie, <laughs> right? right, you know? right exactly. So yeah, I mean it's exactly. it's that. And he was like, "No, I'm Darius Rucker." Sure. I would have
0: such a hard time not calling him Hootie, even knowing his name. It would be very hard to not go Hootie.
1: I just I've given up at this point because people will they just equate. Annie and Trashy Annie is the same thing And it's okay, I don't I don't care But yes, the band is I'm Annie Davis of Trashy Annie But I love the band name You know, I love the story behind the band name And all the things And so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's here to stay
0: I once had a, a very awkward, terrible experience When I was left behind at a table with Kid Rock And it was just me and him And I didn't know what to say And so <laughs> I felt like I had to say something Which I just shouldn't have But I didn't know, like I was just telling him It was a good show and, and I went, uh, hey, uh, uh, kid. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> I swear, it's like, I was like a 75-year-old Jewish grandfather. Uh, so, kid, your show tonight when you popped out of the thing with the wum-wum zibby-zibby. Oh uh, and he looks at me and he goes, my name is Bobby. And he just, <laughs> just fucking put his back like ice me okay kid
1: (laughs) but yeah exactly terrible so trashy. yeah
0: (laughs) so trashy yeah somebody's gonna do that they do it
1: all the time i don't even mind
0: (laughs) what a cool thing you've done i really like i'm really impressed and i I always like i well plus being my age too like i'm like you know i've had my run and i've had my times and stuff like that but you're like there's still hope to have some sort of like excitement in your life you don't have to just go to like you know the 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 Holiday Inn Lounge or whatever. Oh
1: God, it, you no! Know, would be the end of the thing. <laughs> no, no. Well, you no never holiday know. Holiday
0: Inn Lounge. No, no Holiday <laughs> no. Inn Lounge for you. Where do you play here in town?
1: Uh, our next show is at 13th Floor. Do you know that place? Oh, yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I like that place a lot. Um, we're going to play at Billy's Ice in New Braunfels here coming up. But yeah, we're still finding our... We play a lot of places. It, we play down in San Antonio sometimes at Sam's Burger Joint. Yeah, I we play there. I'm cool. in mean,
0: Skyrocket. Yeah. Know, I've seen our name. Yep. Like I have seen your name. Yeah, I have seen That's your name. That's where I've seen your name there.
1: Yep, I like that venue a lot. Love um, it. But we're just... we're st- We're still trying to find find the right places for us i think 13th floor is a great place for us um it's a nice rock and roll club and i think we fit there so the
0: the sam's it's what would be tough about that and just from like you know doing this shit my whole life would be that you're playing a place that like people don't just go into that venue right you like, you got to go do some of those shows first to get a little bit of a, of you a gotta, crowd that. Yeah. Yep. And Cause it's tough to have like a ticketed event for a band that's never played it. It's just, that's a, that's a right. tough,
1: which is a, a weird thing because we, in some places where we've never been, we'll, right. we'll do great. We went out and played Hilton Head Island. First time ever being out there. This was a year and a half or so ago. Had, like, 250 people show up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait, you guys are here for us? And for they were you there. guys? Yes, they were there an hour and a half before the show, like, getting their places, doing How did you thing. do and that? Like... I did notice if that you I'd... do
0: have, like, over 5,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, and people from, like, fucking all over the world and everything.
1: Yeah, we have a pretty good followership online and on social and in certain pockets. I mean, we get a pretty, we get a, now we get a great, turn out when we go out to hilton head you know we'll we'll sell our, small clubs but we'll sell them out out there and we're starting to expand and try to figure out where next but because it's a long way to just go out and play a couple shows out in hilton head you know we're talking 16 17 hours to get out there right yeah, um, unless they're
0: paying you like twenty five thousand dollars, right so right right right, going there, no. right
1: which they're not
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never know though but, i mean you never know i mean
1: what you know we are we're climbing the ladder out there though we're starting to get a, a good fan base that's a regular regular thing we've got I've, some regular clubs we play very cool little area have you gone
0: to like the close like Houston's and Dallas's and
1: we have been to uh,
0: Continental Club Con- in Houston would be great for you guys
1: so I haven't played Houston yet and I'd like to because we keep getting fan requests for, out, for okay. going out there yeah so yeah Houston Dallas San Antonio Austin are great places for us to start f- figuring out what the right clubs for for us are and we get fan requests to come out to these places all the time. But I just don't want to, I don't want to go out there and and play the club, not the right place, you know, because then you don't get the turnout you need. And then nobody's happy. You know, we don't get paid what we need to get paid. They're not, they're not happy. So I think it does understanding the venue the venues we belong at is an important piece of this. And yeah. now that I have a much more defined sound and band and presence and all and brands, yeah. all of those things. Now it makes a lot more sense for me to start picking correctly on the venues instead of just the scattershot approach. of we'll just play any and everything and see what works. Right.
0: I don't know how your whole show flows, but as, as somebody who's been going to fucking shows since I was a little kid and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, I, I see uh, like, you you have a firm grasp of show business I, like just from the videos i don't know what happens between the songs i don't know if you're like i don't it's, know what's a song no no no, like, no. Or if you're if you're weird or something no 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 but you're <laughs> but they, the shit you say or I don't anything know
1: if you're weird but <laughs> well you know sometimes you'll go see a band oh, and their songs
0: are great and then you're like these people don't know they don't realize that there's an audience like watching them they're watching them be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely need to.
1: Yes. That whole piece of things is a big deal for me because having built a business prior to coming into music, that's a big big piece of what I have to offer is, is some business sense around this thing, which is surprisingly hard to find in the music world. So I came into it looking at this like a brand and not in a, in a bad like corporate way, but saying that we need to have a
0: realistic way. Yeah.
1: Like a realistic way. I want to have a presence and I want to have a brand and I want to have, I want people to have fun at our shows. I want them to come and sort of feel like this is a You know, come as you are, wear your glitter, wear your cat ears, be ridiculous, whatever you want to do, do it, you know, and show up at our show and have a good ass time. And so we are currently... Really focused. I feel like the, the band is tight now and the songs are cool. So one of our biggest focuses is now on the show and just making sure people really come and feel like yeah. they're getting a show. This isn't just a bunch of guys in cargo shorts and Metallica shirts standing up there singing cover songs. You know, this is not what we are. No. And so, you know, there's a place for those people, <laughs> but that's not us, right? And so it's it is a big deal to put on a show and make people feel like it's yeah, worth man. their time to come out because there is so much competition for yes. people's time and eyeballs. That and these is right, days, right? Yes. Netflix being a huge everything one. <laughs> stuff they're already <laughs>
0: they've already paid for.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: They don't have to go spend more money. That's
1: right. More money or in, their time to see
0: you or not you personally but yeah. some band that doesn't that's weird. Yeah. sit there and figure out what the next song is. Yeah, what's,
1: what keeps and then have to explain what <laughs> they
0: to the guy that you, right. you paid to see this guy.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Some and, people yeah. Say,
0: yeah, I'll tell you what dude you would be shocked at the amount of people that that just that's what i'm saying is like there's people that are naturals that understand the flow of what like that's what i'm so impressed with is not only that artistically i think some people can just do it like you could some people could are just fucking great from the get-go sure you know what i mean sure they just are i don't know what happened sure but like prince or something you know what i mean like okay sorry whatever but it's the other stuff yeah that like the madonna like the stuff that Madonna's a genius about. Like yeah. when, like I believe she's a genius in like she knows who to surround herself with. She knows how to make herself look the best in the situation. She knows uh, how to present, she knows how to put on a fucking show that yeah. people will pay 500 bucks to go see. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. I do, and I And you've got I both agree. of
0: them. What's, what's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> I don't what know what's wrong with me. You're both <laughs> yes. Courtney Love
0: and Madonna. And both of the good parts of both of them, <laughs> the too. Which is the, Yeah, you don't have a weird face. No offense against both of them, but they do both have weird faces now.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I think part of the reason it's going well is because all that stuff is fun for me. I think a lot of people who are creative in the music world, in the art world, whatever, the business stuff is not fun. But for me, I love it. I came from that yeah. whole thing, and so I love trying to figure out the brand and even trying to figure out a you know I do all the booking and everything myself. Even trying to navigate that world as as time consuming and horrible as it can God, be. God, there's
0: nothing worse than booking.
1: It's the worst. It's the absolute so worst. Pathetic. I hate it. However, please,
0: I'm really good. Will you let me come in there?
1: (laughs) But I'm so happy to have done it. And you know, at some point I will hand all of this off, but I, I, now I understand it. And and now I understand what goes into it. I appreciate anybody who does take this on for us. I will appreciate the shit out of them because I'm never going to take for granted how much work it is to do all of this yourself. And so I'm the, glad I've done it all. The
0: one thing that the people that already do it is they have avenues. Are. Like you're forging, fucking avenues. like you're, you're out there with a bulldozer making roads. I know. You know what I mean? I and do that's whole different than having like a freeway outside your house. That's like, right. Hey,
1: all right. They have a Rolodex. They yeah, have, exactly. you know, they have all their people and,
0: and they, they have people that answer the phone when they call.
1: Correct. Correct. And we just have to, you know go i i try to get as many warm leads as i can but it's a hard I don't, hard road
0: i don't think that that's far far out of your 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 reach not. just kind of like in the in the momentum that you've already created yeah. art- artistically business-wise and and yeah and really in, in a on a productivity level to have a record come out and have another record ready to come out and be working already on a third one you're just oh, yeah. like okay yeah, this lady is not messing around today.
1: Um, I'm I am not. I love it. Do you have and kids love, or anything? Uh, okay. I uh, I don't. Uh, I think it's a very time consuming um, thing to try to think about. How do I even put this? The best thing is uh, the best uh, analogy I can I can use is this whole how do you eat an elephant you know one bite at a time situation because I'm like I see the elephant that I want to eat down the road, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, But it's a long way away from being fully eaten. So that's sort of am with where I am with all of this stuff related to music. Is I've probably got you know four or five albums worth of material that I want to do, but I'm like I can't just whip that out in a week. So I have to be patient, and that's not really in my nature either. So I, um, anyway, I'm trying to take chunk by chunk and work on the pieces of the things that matter most right now and try to prioritize them, you know, the best I can. And for me, putting music out there is the most important thing because nobody's going to book us if they can't hear our songs. Right. And nobody's going to, you know, stream our music. If we've got two songs out there, I, I just, I need to get some stuff out. And so I think that right now that's sort of the focus is just getting as much out as I can. And then at some point, maybe the focus shifts and maybe it comes more about uh, the touring and the live shows and you know, developing the, the social media content on YouTube or whatever that is. But for me right now, it feels like the most important thing is to work on the, put music out in the world. But yeah. I don't know.
0: Okay. You know Heather Wagner-Reed?
1: Why do I know her? She's uh, a juice consultant. Yes, lady. I've talked to her briefly early on because I was sort of looking for some PR help in that world and stuff, But and we didn't end up, going down the road together but i do know who she is i've never met her in person though
0: your energy matches each other
1: Oh uh, like you're both
0: very achieved that's good to hear because i've heard good things achieved. about her yeah she's a good person and when
1: i spoke with her briefly she seemed really awesome
2: i don't have a lot of publicists timing. on the show but
0: i've already had her on twice oh that's awesome yeah i love talking to her she's really interesting very cool oh, i, I do it. a lot of work with. they send a lot of people over here yeah. a lot of music people because yeah. they do a lot of uh, also like corporate stuff yeah, they don't send like the guy from Audi over here. Yeah, yeah. But they do yeah. invite me to parties that are, they have they like they're
1: they, good parties too.
0: They have good parties.
1: Yeah, yeah. but they do. <laughs>
0: I love good parties. Like I still like I could be as old as I am, but still like if it's a good party with like free yeah. booze, I'm like oh my god.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so let's do it. Okay, where are you from?
1: I'm. I grew up in. Well, I was born in San Antonio. Okay. Grew up in Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then moved back down here in 2011. Okay. Grew up in Portland.
0: Uh, both of your parents were together? Or you no. were a single mom?
1: So, yeah. So, story was, we moved up when I was a kid. And then uh, they split when I was five or so. Dad moved back down to Texas. So, we would spend summers down here with him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, so he stayed on here but primarily grew up in Oregon and then in 2011 came down to Texas to do a triathlon in Austin and was like, Oh, it's sunny and, you know, beautiful in October and 85 <laughs> and it's not <laughs> raining. and You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. depressed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm out. So I ended up <clears throat> I ended up breaking up with this, I went back, I broke up with this really sweet guy that i have been dating for a long time and quit my job and packed my car and said, I'm going to Texas. And so I basically showed up on my dad's doorstep and was like, here I, here I am, um, I'm going to I'm going to live in Texas now. And so I ended up uh, living with him for six or eight months before I moved to Austin while I was kind of getting my shit together. How was that? that? It was, that uh, it was, am- no, it was amazing. Actually, oh, good, yeah, good, good. because. Because I hadn't, other than Summers, I really hadn't spent time with him since I was a little kid. That's awesome. It was, it was awesome. So I got there on Christmas day of 2011 and then in January of 2012, he got diagnosed with esophageal cancer and I ended up losing him like a year after that, um, in 2013. And so had I not done the internal compass thing and just made the move, I wouldn't have gotten all that time with him. So. When I got back into songwriting, that was one of the, or back into music and started songwriting. It was one of the first things that I dumped into a song sure, was sure. all this emotion. I'd yeah. been kind of carrying around around my dad and wishing I had more time with him. Cause once I got to know him, I was like, Oh, I understand myself so much better. Like we are of the same cloth Wow! and it was such a cool experience. And so what a actually, cool experience though, to it, even
0: have that short amount of time 100%. condensed, like it, it-
1: yep. It's part of the reason I'm such an advocate of always listening to your gut because we always yeah. fight our guts, right? Our yeah. guts tell us what to do, and we fight it with our brain all the time. Yeah. And uh, and if you listen to your gut, sometimes it goes down roads that you would have never done if you weren't you know, afraid of taking the risk. And so did the thing, got to spend time with my dad, that I, that I've just, I, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, yeah. And that, in fact, the song that I wrote for him is coming out on this next album and I've tried to do it two different times with a couple of different groups and I just, it didn't come out the way I wanted it. And so I think this time it's going to be the song that I want it to be, and it's going to come across with the emotion I want it to have. And I'm super excited about that one. So, um, so yeah, anyway, that's, uh, that's how I ended up in Texas though, was I came down to be closer to him. Wow. Yeah.
0: So amazing. What a, what a lucky and fortuitous. Do your mom still around?
1: My mom is still around yeah, and she, she lives she's... in Oregon still and my sister's up there as well.
0: Yeah. How old yeah. your sis- sister older or younger? Younger,
1: three years younger than okay. me.
0: Who, like, where did you first, like, when you first connected with music, like, were you kind of like, like, what was the first record you ever bought with your own money?
1: <gasps> I, it was, um, it was, uh, it was Def Leppard <laughs> and it was a tape. <laughs> hysteria so like, Or yeah, Pyromania. Yeah,
0: hysteria. Pyromania. No, pyromania?
1: pyromania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. And I like I said earlier, I grew up, you know, welfare food stamps, single mom, you know, it was we were we were we were poor. And so there wasn't music money or money for, you know, music or lessons or any of the things or even really buying you know, albums and things. So I would, I'd get blank tapes and do the thing we used to do or sure. just stick it in there and try to record something, you know, on the radio and wait for the song to come on and hope you can get it.
0: I got to tell Tommy this great story uh, <clears throat> that when I Love Rock and Roll was on the radio. Yeah. I, 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 uh, it starts off with banana. Yeah, Bana. and so I didn't get there. <laughs> and so it was like, Bana. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so on this tape I had, I learned it just from <laughs> <laughs> <sharp> I love it. Yeah. And
1: I love that you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, about trying yeah. to get stuff from the radio oh, on your tape. <laughs> that run.
0: Like, ah! Yeah, like, I know. You'd slam your I face know. into a wall because you're I running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: time. So, yeah, that was... Uh, but I think from a you know, musical, w- why did all this start? I just... I remember being in fifth grade. And again, really wanting to play the drums, but not having a way forward on that. And uh, just you know, seeing what they had left in the in the music room and they had a trombone and they had a trumpet. And I tried the trombone for a couple of weeks, but I have really abnormally short little T Rex arms, it turns out, even in as an adult. And so I uh, I couldn't reach any of the the oh, really? last positions with the trombone. So I was like, well this isn't gonna work. <laughs> so I brought that one back and they're like, well we've got this trumpet and it's all dinged up and you know broken keys and stuck tuning slide and all the things. But I was like, it's perfect. I'll take it, you know. So I borrowed that for my last two years of elementary School and taught myself to play, and then I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the whole idea of. I really, I knew even at that age, I was like, "There's not going to be money for college," so I have you know hopes and dreams and all of the things, and so I decided teaching myself trumpet would at some point probably be helpful towards college and it was and so uh, that was sort of what got me going down that road and then I was super shy really introverted like really bad skin frizzy hair you know not cool clothes all the things and so for me music became this sort of connector to the world and a way to have something of my own yeah and- when I got into high school, I ended up being a drum major and that was sort of this big turning point for me and just confidence and sort of owning my own experience in life. And right. uh, yeah, and so then I really got into music. And so then I was playing in ska bands and things back when ska right, had to stay right, yeah, yeah. in the sun. Stuff, you know? worked, stuff that needed horns. <laughs> yeah, stuff that needed horns and it was so much fun. Um, but then I got out of, out, got out of high school, uh, started college, was doing, playing in a million bands, doing the whole thing in college. And then I was- Where were you going to college? Um, up in Oregon. So Portland State is up okay. there. There. And then I also did my first couple of years at a community college that was across the street from my high school because I didn't really, I didn't know what I was going to do college wise, but I was playing at a, at a jazz festival with my high school and the guy from the community college there said, listen, I'll, I'll pay for everything that you want to take you know, for these next two years, if you just come play horn in our band. And I said, well, that sounds super easy. Okay, let's just do that. So I didn't really think about any other options or where else I might go, but it worked out perfect. And so I went there for a couple of years and did all the music stuff and then decided at that point, one, didn't know how I was going to make money as a musician, but two was also had one of my first sort of serious boyfriends. And he was really, really jealous about me being out playing in clubs and stuff. And it just he kind of squashed music out of me at a time when I was already sort of thinking, Oh, God, how am I going to, you know, do this as a living anyway. So it was just a, it was kind of a bad time, bad time in life. And so I made a big pivot and um, got into the, the medical world and was doing the firefighting stuff at the time and, and all that. So Did you anyway, ever
0: go into a fire
1: yeah lots of fires yeah i was a firefighter that's what you do no, I, I <laughs> You don't just set things on fire. I mean, that's also a fun part of being a firefighter. But no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of times.
0: But being like a little dude that's always been in a band. I'm yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a firefighter. Like I don't have firefighter fun. stuff inside me. Oh, my
1: God. It's it's super fun. Yeah. The first first uh, fire I ever showed up on was like a fully engaged structure fire, which is like a house that's like completely on fire, you know, that you can't really even come back from. So, yeah, that was the very first call that we ever got sent out on. I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what to even do here. Grab a hose. I have a
0: quick side <laughs> question. Yeah. How real is Backdraft, the movie?
1: Oh God, there's there's pieces of it. But you know, it's one of those movies that all firefighters watch and are just like, I'm right, glad right. the world thinks this is what we do and what well, yeah. it's like because it, it very much glorifies it's how amazing it is. A lot of firefighting is being sent out on shitty calls where people just have, you know, chest pain or something because right, right. they, they get sent to all the medical right. calls too. We all just wait for the big structure fires as fucked up as that is, right? Because we're like, please, we just want some <laughs> big fire to go try to put out. <laughs> but, you know, so, so yeah, Backdraft is, it's got its moments of reality for sure <laughs> but they're all running around with no masks and stuff in these smoke-filled houses because right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, you don't yeah. look good with a big mask yeah. on your face but <laughs>
0: that's so funny so, about yeah, that it's funny um what an exciting job What a exciting! what an exciting uh person like you seem to like Thanks. go like uh, you were attracted to adventure yes and that is you're not scared of risk no not not I I don't know if it's life or death I don't know how many buildings you're jumping off of now but I mean doing this music thing it's like yeah and for someone who was shy Annie Davis you're not shy anymore
2: (laughs) I'm not anymore. you're
0: an incredible guest I like it when I could just sit here and be like go ahead
2: yeah
1: thanks (laughs) yeah I, I definitely felt like that was something at an early age, I needed to conquer inside myself. I didn't like not being comfortable in my own skin, you know, whatever that skin looks like and whatever I look like or whatever size I am or whatever anything about me, I just wanted to feel comfortable in this world. And so it felt like taking risks and overcoming fear was something that you have to be able to do to get through to feeling comfortable so that was just something I started to throw myself self into very uncomfortable situations to the point where now I kind of I like that stuff I like being scared a little bit you know I like I like trying stuff that's risky I've I've done a lot of stuff you know between my Ironmans and when I couldn't swim and <laughs> you know climbing mountain I've done I've climbed a ton of mountains and a bunch of mountaineering and just stuff that stuff that scares us makes us feel alive you know and I think yeah. music is Uh, standing on a stage and singing in front of people for the first time was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. And that was part of the reason I did it because when I wrote that first song during the pandemic and really couldn't play anything but more than the one chord. And I I thought this is terrifying to me. I've done all these other things that seem scary to the world, you know, and I could do public speaking and all of that stuff was never a big deal. Singing in front of people Ain't no way, man. I'd never done karaoke. I was like, this is horrible. I don't know how people do this. So I wanted to just go do it once, kind of to prove to myself that I wouldn't die, you know? And so I wrote that song and I went out and did my first open mic at New World Deli in Austin. And I I sang my song. They said, you can sing three songs. And I was like, I don't even, I just have this one, you know? And I'm sitting there, my guitar is like sliding down my lap because I don't really know how to hold it right and all the things, but I did the thing. And I was like, you know, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then now- now I love it. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still really new. There's a lot to learn. But being on a stage for me feels comfortable. And especially when I'm surrounded by this amazing band of people that are, they've got my back. If I screw up, they take care of me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of change since I was, you know, 17.
2: <laughs> it's funny
1: because
0: you can still get those. Uh, I played a show last night with, um, with four other songwriters a bass player, a drummer and a keyboard player, and the songwriters we got together because we were doing a bunch of backing vocals on each other's songs. Yeah. So it would go like this guy play a song, I play one of my songs, this person plays it, but we I'd never played the I've never met the drummer in my life. The bass girl had played a couple of the songs because she's played with me a few times. The keyboard guy, I don't think he knew. But um it it it, it there's that feeling of yeah. like I'm also in a cover band. That like a lot of our stuff is chore- it's not choreographed it's like we've been doing it for years it's a thing this is it's it's a show yeah. it's a it's almost like being in a Broadway play. you know your lines, you know your thing, you know yeah. how to do the dance yeah and uh but doing what like last night without a net, like playing these songs with people and these people playing your songs and all of this shit, and it's just all like this thin line of just amazingness or just destruction yeah and yes. getting through that at the end of it is like i mean i couldn't i couldn't go to go to sleep last night for a long just from the excitement yeah. of having that exchange with it wasn't like the audience or anyone like any kind of like masturbatory things it was literally the experience of creation yep. with people in the moment and fucking doing it yep it's awesome
1: i i agree i was never part of sports teams or anything as a kid, you know, I was, when I got into sports later, it was always triathlon and like individual stuff. So for me, this has been one of the first experiences of having a team and feeling like we're all in this together and we we win as a team or we lose as a team, you know, and it's, I have the same experience. I get off stage at night and I just, it doesn't matter if there's anybody in the audience, but when we create stuff together, it's a magical thing. And I, I'm the same way. I can't, I can't come down off of it for a couple hours because it's just such a cool thing. So, and it's the drip. I think it's why we all keep, Keep coming back for more, regardless of oh, yeah. you know how, how much we're yeah. getting paid or what the audience looks uh, like or anything else. You Last know? night
0: was totally for charity, they gave me some cool gifts. But they like total yeah. charity. And you like I learned again twelve in a second, songs because it's I awesome. Fucking went you know? to a rehearsal. I stressed out. Yeah, I was with my little thing, getting my backing vocals. What's my note on the ooze on the thing? Like yeah. you know, really like an uncomfortable and like pacing around before yeah. the show. I mean, it's like I do this every every couple of days. Sometimes I yeah. do it every single day for like. Two months at a time, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Why am I For nervous? Sure. Because I'm excited, and it, you yep. know what I mean? It's fucking so. I do. Yeah. I do.
1: I know exactly what you mean, and it's it's just so much fun. I I remember, it's been within the last year that I've finally started like taking my mic out of the mic stand and being able to go around the stage and you know sing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was a big moment because I was kind of scared to do it because I didn't really know. I was like, I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna get out of breath. I do You know, there's just there's so many things that people who have been doing this for a long time. Sort of forget that you go through the all these firsts, you know. And I thought, man, it was really cool yesterday. I dropped off my vinyl to Cleopatra because we'll have vinyl available now in November, and that felt like such a big moment. I was like, this is my first time having vinyl for people. And when I was a kid, I would sit and listen to my mom's vinyl. I loved to listen to. Simon and Garfunkel and yeah. the Beatles, and like yeah. oh, all that stuff back in the day. Now we just come home from high school or middle school, whatever it was, and just put on, put on vinyl and just listen to the turntable. And it's so cool now to think I have my own piece of that out in the That's world, pretty rad, that some man. kid somewhere maybe is doing the same thing, you know, and it's yeah. just, it, it was a big moment. And I, I, it's important to me to always recognize all these firsts, because at some point that becomes just another thing, another That's day. A, yeah. You know, I,
0: I had a manager and I was going through some big shit. Like I got signed to this label that was owned by Lars Ulrich and stuff. And I, I was nice. really fucking stressed out. And there were times when he would just grab my shoulders and be like, hey, boy, yeah. you're Scottish. Enjoy yourself. Right. This is fun. That's <laughs> you're playing.
1: Great advice. That's
0: your job is to play. Yeah. Go play. Go play. Have fun.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great I still advice. Didn't. I Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, but it is good advice still. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's cool.
0: Um, that's amazing because it is it is hard. It's hard to balance. It's it must be also like those are the things because I was in my twenties when that was going on or very early thirties. But it it was so. Yeah. there There's no desperation to you in anything. Like uh, you're, you know what I mean. Like you're. Yeah.
1: You, this yeah.
0: is a really gross analogy, but you know that weird joke, like the guy that the the the. The young bull says to his dad, the big bull, hey, let's run down the hill and, and fuck, fuck a cow. Yeah. And and then the big bull says, why don't we just walk down there and fuck all fuck of them? Fuck them all. You're, yep. in the, you're in the big bull era, you know, where you're able to Thank do that. Thank you for
1: saying that, even though I, I definitely, <laughs> I want to run. I still want to run down and fuck them all, right? Like yeah. that's, that's my natural tendency is let's just go. But you, you know? have so, that but,
0: ability to sort yeah. of like you're an adult yeah. and doing it, not that's like a, a stunted 14-year-old.
1: Right. Well, and that's, I think, why... I think that's part of why, too, when we talk about things moving so quickly, it just the songwriting comes to me. I would have never been able to write songs the way that I do now when I was 20. You know, I just didn't have one things to write about or the wherewithal to understand the way I would want to put a story together. So it's cool. I think there are people out there that can do it very, very well at a young age. But I do think that that's one thing that's, you know, made songwriting sort of a prolific thing for me is I just have all this stuff to Draw from, you know, yeah. lots, of, lots of years. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. And I saw that you won the CMA of Texas. That's the Country Music Association of Texas.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Americana Artist of the Year 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty.
1: It's cool, right? Yeah,
0: that's insane. That's kind of awesome. a funny
1: story about that because uh,
0: I'm sure there are a lot of people that hate you though.
1: It's well somebody, my one of my friends said the same thing. They were like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna blow up and be some big star and everyone's gonna hate you. I was like, What the hell is that a thing? Uh, you, you know people? what? Maybe you haven't
0: lived in Austin long enough to get all of the love and then something cool happens <laughs> for you and they're like, dude, I heard you became a dick. And you fired your whole band. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully that won't happen. But yes. Um but yeah, the CMA of Texas thing is really super cool. So the story that's funny about it is so they did the awards ceremony up in Lubbock at the Cactus Theater, which is right next to the Blue Light, which is a really cool venue up there. Anyway, the Cactus Theater is amazing, super old and historic. But we uh we went up there and this was they did the awards the end of last year for for this year and so we were headed out on tour so we went up there we play everybody that was getting an award played a couple of songs and then we left and went on our tour but anyway so we show up and it's um you know it's it's the cma so it's 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 a lot of older people that are really in like the old honky-tonk country world you yeah, know, yeah, which yeah, is amazing yeah, and there's yeah. like western swing element and all this stuff so anyway, we sh- Yeah. yeah, here you yeah. Come, with and your here middle, we come with your sparkly right. middle finger, exactly what you're <laughs> thinking. Right. So we show up and, and Mary, the, the director is just an amazing person and she loves us. And she is, she's been such a huge supporter of me since I started this thing. And so she was all gung ho for whatever we wanted to do. So we get up there, you know, for this theater full of people and, uh, we play, they said you can play two songs. And I said, okay, we'll play our cover of Drift Away because it's a cool version and everyone's going to it. Yeah, it's a it. great version. Yeah, Good I job. like it a lot. Yeah. And then we'll play Nuclear Meltdown. And that's a song that a lot of people like too. So we're close. And then and then the, the new co-director of the thing is like, man, you got to play your, you know, what's your best song? Play your best song. I was like, well... Our, our biggest crowd favorite is called Bama. And Bama is all about putting your love in the motherfucking tip jar. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's great, play that one. I was like, okay. So we get out there, we play Drift Away, and then we play Bama. And you can see people, I mean, it, it, half the audience is super into it, loves it, Cheering for the whole thing, and half the audience walks out. (laughs) So they go out and they leave, and they're like, I can't believe that this girl is, you know, up there swearing in front of this, whatever, whatever. So, anyway, fast forward, there was a whole to-do about it, it sounds like. And it sounds like they even had to move the awards this last year because of what we did during our performance. And I thought, you know, the thing, and and Mary's so great because she's, again, super supportive. And she's like, I would never censor my artists. I'm not going to tell them what to sing when they're up on that stage. And if we can't do awards here because of what words they're saying in their songs, then maybe this isn't the right place, you know? So anyway, it's
0: it a cool just, feeling though, to be a grown-up and still do some crazy <laughs> punk still rock piss shit, like off. yeah, like still piss everyone off. You're like, Even yes!
2: Though, I mean, it's just I the mean, establishment it's is mad at me. And the, and the
1: irony of it all is just this is all about musicians. You know, it's you say you say you love me, you say you love my songs, you say I'm changing your life with my music. Okay, great, buy a CD. <laughs> because we need to eat you know and that's what the whole song is about and so it's just so funny that you know we sort of got booted out because of our 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 swearing and our song that's about musicians trying to make a living so uh anyway but yeah that was the CMA of Texas stuff and I'm super proud of it it's just really really cool to um be recognized by that organization or any organization yeah yeah
0: I thought that that song also it feels like it also uh, – because that was one of the songs that I was like, you know, this is a song that is going to connect with people because there's people, that, the waitress, the bartender. Exactly. The, the,
1: anybody who's worked for tips. I mean, that song yeah. is for anybody Uber, who's driver, worked for everybody. tips. Yeah. Like, we all yeah. get it, you know? And yeah. it's um, – it's, yeah, it's something that I think we all feel at one point or another. So I really like that tune as well.
0: There was one uh, – there was there was one lyric that really stood out to me, and uh, and it was I, I always like a, a like a smart, but also like a what did she just say like kind of you know what I yeah. mean I try to write lyrics like you know you like to yeah. have a couple of lines in a song where someone's like wait what what? what what's up <laughs> yeah the uh, you think you're gonna save me better go ahead and shift. Cause when Jesus took the wheel, he drove us off a fucking cliff or you drove us off. Wait, yeah. Jesus took us yeah. out. He drove a off a fucking cliff. cliff. Sorry.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. glad you like that. That's that song. I don't happen. just
0: like that. I was like, I want to be friends with this. Lady. <laughs> I still like, I'm going to totally like this, this lady has to, we should write a song together.
1: I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, yeah that I, tune's gonna be on the next album because I I like uh, I like that song too. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the first ones. Oh, so I, I read it I like, on a thing. because yeah. there's yeah. a
0: line before it about playing your drums before dawn. Yeah. That when you were talking about playing drums, like, I've, oh, that's a, probably a real thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Do you do any of the the weird writing things like the artist way stuff, like wake up every day and do the morning pages or?
1: Mm. No, I kind of have. Uh, I do. I sort of know what my biorhythms are, right? Like when my most creative times are and when my best times for you know going working out or whatever so my best creative time is first thing in the morning so if I just get up and don't look at a screen but I get my coffee and I sit down and I start writing that's the time when stuff happens and then I'll get ideas throughout the day so I have a million like we all do a million voice memos on our phones of just you know some ideas that you listen to later and you're like well that was fucking terrible you know <laughs> or like the song in the middle of the night you're like I've got it this is the <laughs> next day you know you wake up in the morning it's like oh that's awful but but I have a lot of little seeds in there too so I usually can't work them out right on the But I can sit down the next morning and kind of work through it. So that's kind of my process for writing, you know, just get the idea and then try to noodle on it a little bit and write in in the
0: morning. During the pandemic, was it every single day?
1: Yeah, it's it's still almost every day. I mean, I just I love writing more than anything else. And so for me, sitting down in the morning is kind of a cathartic, good thing. Sure. I'll go through little spells like everybody does where you're kind of dried up. But I've got a a little bucket of old ideas that I just leave for times when I'm not coming up with anything new and I'll go back to the old stuff and try to rework it. So a couple of these songs on this next album are songs that have just been sitting in the bucket for a year, but I hadn't really worked them out. And then I brought them back. was like, oh, I got an idea for this song. Finally, now that I have more experience and can play a few more chords. (laughs) I've got, you know, some, some thoughts about this, this idea. So that's sort of how I do it. Just leave my bucket of ID, my idea bucket for when I need to pull from it and don't have anything new to work on.
0: Yeah. You guys ever play C boys?
1: Uh, I haven't played there yet. I've been to shows there, and I love it. It's but good, it would yeah. be a fun place. That
0: would be a good place to for, to see. Yeah, you guys, it's I like, feel like anything.
1: You got to wiggle into who okay. does the booking, and I half the time don't know. And people have such a hard time taking a shot on a, a band they haven't heard of before. But once we get into places, they always invite us back. I mean, we've always been invited back to every venue we've ever played. Have you so reached out good, to Continental in Houston? Uh, no, uh-uh. I haven't reached out to anywhere in Houston. Huh. I don't. Okay, so
0: I've got I've got like their friend, like old friends, both at the the. The Continental is a little tougher of a sell, but my friend sure. Celeste does the Seaboys the, the and I, I feel like she'd really like it. I feel like Oh,
1: I would love to I play it. I just there.
0: booked a show in Houston at, and the in the there's a like Reverend Horton Heat and yes. and, and
2: love them. somebody
0: else like that yeah. is playing in the Continental Club. But they have another room next oh, cool. door called Shoeshine Charlie's. But they have rock bands. But it's me, I'm doing a solo acoustic show and uh my friend Anna, but they put this band on that's like total like full-on punk rock rock and roll oh, awesome. female fronted band as well. So I was like, shit, you could probably even go, you know, start out in there or whatever yeah. before you play the big room. But
1: that sounds awesome. Those would
0: be good places for you.
1: I love it. I love that idea. And that's exactly what we're looking for is just where is it? We're a little home-based places that, you know, they're going to keep bringing us back while we're building our draw and building our following. Yeah. We're getting out on the road maybe once every other month or so going out. And it looks like
0: you're doing, I mean, you're going yeah. out. Are you going west?
1: Yeah, we in just the we went and played. Yeah, I have played in uh Phoenix a couple of times. We've right. got some because we're out there with right. the infrastructure out that way. So uh played the Phoenix Tempe. We play down in Rocky Point, Mexico. Uh there's a band. Do you know um, uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers by chance. They used to be the Refreshments back in the day. No. They're, they're a great band. They're uh, Americana. They've been around forever. They had a couple of big hits back um, in the '90s that you would definitely know. But uh, they do the theme song to King of the Hill. So it's, I do it's know that who band. the Refreshments yep. are. Yes. Yep. Okay. So it's that band. So anyway, they're based out of there, and their drummer Ph plays on the album and helps produce my music. So we've got some good infrastructure. Yeah, and then, look at you. Yeah, and then Roger, uh, Roger Klein, he, he owns a bar down in Mexico. Called Banditos, and so we've been going down there and playing, and it's awesome. I mean, it's a it's a great crowd. It's a bunch of it's it's like real South Phoenix, is what it is. You know, you drive down south a couple hours from Phoenix. And oh, so it's, it's just it's,
0: over the border. Yeah, and oh, it's awesome. down
1: on the ocean, and so people go down there and you know have their their get away from the heat and stuff. So anyway, we play that little circuit. Played in Tucson for the first time a couple weeks ago, which was cool. So, so we
0: need to bridge that
1: yeah yeah
0: the yeah, only we need thing to that. that that totally mm-hmm. sucks is that the next like after San Antonio is El Paso El for Paso. like ten hours
1: I know it's but, a it's a hike and then there's not much. there's Las Cruces and then Tucson like that's kind of the once you get to El Paso, then you can kind of string it together, but between here and El Paso, yeah exactly yeah, uh, it's not a lot.
0: you know my girlfriend uh works with these uh festivals like have you ever heard of the Red River music Festival these r- festivals in towns. I've, That'll happen like 8750 yes, or 1850 or that. something like that.
1: Yeah, I um, have heard of that.
0: She she works those guys. I, I wonder if they, they'd they have some connections like in towels and do that kind that of stuff too. That would be cool too. Because I'm sure there's there's yep. rock and roll bars everywhere on there the way. There are. You know? it's just
1: about finding, finding the right ones. Yeah. Know, find the right fit. I think there's probably places <clears throat> in El Paso that would be a good fit. Yeah. Just finding them. And figuring and the, out who does the buying and getting them to take a shot, you know, it's all the things. All yeah. The things. You know. And if it is. someone
0: likes rock and roll and wants to see a good show, like I mean, that's yeah. basically like yeah, what it is. Yeah. You write great songs, Thank and you. and what I've seen on Instagram yeah. looks good. I do have we to see do. your band live. Yeah, you yeah. should.
1: You should come to the the show on the 11th. It's going to be fun.
0: When is it? Uh, uh, the 11th, November, November
1: on, 11th. Uh, yeah, 13th floor. I won't be here. That's yeah, gonna boo. That's alright. We'll
0: have more. be playing we in New got York, some in baby. December.
1: Oh well, that's yeah. that's also good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good.
1: But that's the other thing too is we're trying to figure out. We just went and did a Pacific Northwest tour this this uh, summer for the first time, which was cool to get to play in Portland and Seattle and Spokane and all of that. And so we've got these little pockets, and we're figuring out, you know, where the ba- the way that I'm tackling it right now is where do we have a handful of fans that will bring their friends, so we know we're going to get some kind of draw when we show up in a new city and then once we play there then we have a little better feel for the area and we know which clubs we should hit next time and just keep going back you know just like hilton head we just keep going back because we're expanding our fan base how out do you there. do that
0: do you fly out there
1: no i usually drive sometimes i'll fly the boys but i usually drive all the gear out because we'll bring you know our kits and all the things and i don't mind road trips it's where I write a lot of songs on the road. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm i okay with it all. But yeah, I drove so, all the way Somewhere
0: to- there's like an old-fashioned person getting very mad. Like those guys, <laughs> she drives by herself and those guys fly there.
1: <laughs> my, uh, my bass player drove <clears throat> with me to... Uh, he helped me drive up to the Pacific Northwest because that's a real hike. That's like 30 something yeah, hours, dude. you know. So we, so Miles, my bass base player and I, we drove, we did the drive up. I ended up doing the drive back by myself, but it was great. We stopped in Moab and hiked and got all lost in the Arches National Park and it was great. that oh, that's cool. Kept, yeah. So, you know, I've got some, some fun, adventurous guys in the band yeah. and so they're good with you know if if i want them to drive out with me they'll drive out with me but they most of them teach uh music lessons during the week and so i want them to still be able to to work and so i'll i'll do the the schlepping the
0: one thing is is with like the zoom stuff like that has moved yeah i know a few of my friends that do that teaching thing they they're able to
1: yeah do stuff remotely and virtually yeah some
0: people i have a couple friends that were like full on like like 35 students a week and shit kind of people and and like moved it all to zoom during pandemic and they're like hey
1: just keeping it on Zoom, way. I
0: don't have to go anywhere. That's right. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, we can really yeah. utilize the lesson. It's yeah.
1: Changed, changed the world for some some good and some bad, right? Yeah, but it's definitely changed the way we do things for yeah.
0: sure. It opened up a bunch of shit for me with this, but the one thing is, I I really don't like not having this experience with another person. Like that's if it's, it was all yeah. just going to be Zoomed, then I probably wouldn't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, I get you. I'm I think just trying to make friends. Yeah, it's, 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 it's how <laughs> you're collecting. I literally have one thousand
0: two hundred. <laughs> One thousand three hundred and twenty six friends, as we twenty seven now. Twenty
1: seven. Yeah, thank
0: you. Yeah, you are welcome. Okay. All about you, Johnny. <laughs> uh, you have listened <laughs> to the show. Thank you. Um, I guess this has been a real pleasure, and you really you. are like it's 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 inspiring. Sure. Do you, have you ever thought has anyone told you to write a book? I am sure people are telling you all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, my mom. <laughs> I but so, you, I mean, you should. It just yeah. seems
0: like there's that. Have you have you been keeping up with this late Arnold Schwarzenegger like press trip in the in the book that he wrote?
1: No, should it I? It could be a
0: book like this. If, it's like a you know like a hey this this yeah. is how because he's also like talking to you like I feel motivated like when you leave
2: good
0: I'm probably still gonna take a nap but. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. But then it's you're gonna
0: But I feel like Moda, like I should do. Something. I should be doing something. Like but, look at her; she's so inspiring. i inspired that it is inspiring. Thank yeah. you
1: for saying that. Yeah, yeah. And I do uh, just real quick because I know we're wrapping up. But I'll tell you the the trashy Annie story about how the name. Oh yeah, sorry me about because, that. Because oh no, don't we? I'm gonna tell you because you reminded me of the inspiration thing. So that is one thing that's important to me. Is at the end of this journey, wherever it ends up, you know, me being dead or whatever. <laughs> I just want to. I want people to look at it and say, oh, I could do that too. You know, I I want to write a song. I'm going to do it because I've gotten really great messages from people. I got this message from somebody on Facebook one time. This was really early on before I even really had any songs out there. It was a couple things on YouTube or whatever. And they said, you know, your music makes me feel less alone. And I thought, man, I'm never going to forget that because you can connect with people that you would have maybe still will never meet in real life through music and make them feel something from a million miles away. And to me, that's such a big deal. And people inspire me in that way, too. So sure. anyway, all of that stuff to say. So the trashy Annie name came because I I wrote that one chord song that run song and was super proud. Like I said, took lessons, like figured out how to produce it, how to put it out in the world. And then I was like, well, I'm going to make a a YouTube video to go along with it because that's what the cool kids are doing, you know. So I tried to make a music video, but it's pandemic world. So I'm shooting everything with my iPhone by myself on my little country road in Gonzales. And uh, I put the thing on YouTube and I'm really proud of it because I'm really not techie. Techie world is just not my jam. So I had edited everything and it's, you know, it's very DIY looking, but it still turned out pretty cool. So, Put it on YouTube, and this lady gets on there. I mean, hadn't been up for two hours, and this lady gets up on there and writes, um, "Aren't those clothes a little young for you?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, I love it." Wah, <laughs> you know, heart breaks in half. Did you giant really shoe said? steps oh, on my I'm head? Sorry. You know, so but I was, but it was, it was kind of that feeling for a very short period of time, and then I was like, "Fuck this lady!" Well, all, right? you gotta, like, all you gotta just... think
0: is like, "Hey, I went out and made a video." Yeah. The fuck have you done what that? You're you sitting do? here telling other people that they're that they're
1: It was what are you wearing? What are you Right. I know. Maybe and, you're dressed like why, a fucking idiot. And why yeah. would it, why do you judge people based on what they wear? You know, this is the most ridiculous thing. So so that was how I had released that first song under Annie Davis, and that was when I decided I drew my line in the sand for myself and I was like, Screw these hater people. You know, if they're gonna judge me for she didn't say a thing about my music or anything else. No, it was of all course about not. just clothes. Yeah. And so well. I I said, you know what? it. So that was how the band got the name Trashy Annie. And so for me, this sort of pedestal I stand on a soapbox, whatever you want to call it, but of just, you know, being yourself, no matter what age you are and not having letting people tell you what to wear, or what to do or who to be or any of the things who to love any of those things, um, you know, is a big piece of what this brand is all about yeah, and what who yeah. I am as a person. Yeah, yeah. So it all fits together. But anyway, that's where the, the name came from. And that's why I'm super proud of it. And that the album art with all the with all the screenshots of mean things people have said on social media is just a um, you know sort of a, a testament to that. Yeah. <laughs> just let's just be ourselves and stop being so flippin' judgy of each yeah. other. For the love of God! Back to that <laughs> what are lady. Doing yeah, her name was Mrs. Wright, by the way. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like Mrs. Wright. Like, come on, can this get any more perfect? So yeah, yeah,
0: I could see that. What it is is like when I was asking you about your abs. Yeah, because you're like obviously. That person has, like, a a 15-year-old person's stomach. That's, like, a 15-year-old, like, Olympic athlete stomach or something. So, it, but like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I hope the shirt isn't, like, a fat guy shirt. Like, when we take the picture afterwards, I've got, like, Rah! and, like, Hey y'all! I smoke weed and eat cookies. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes I you gotta eat the weed, whole box. Need
1: cookies too. It's okay. <laughs>
0: but obviously, you're doing something great to counteract yes, right that. I'm gonna I'm learn right. what it is in your book.
1: Oh, in my book. That's right. Save it for because it's tell gonna, you now. it's gonna
0: be like Arnold. I won't it's, tell gonna, you it's gonna, have it's to wait gonna cover the end all, the, all the stuff. The health. <laughs> The mind. you have to have the health and the mind and then you are fantastic. Yes,
1: that's
0: that's nice. what I found that's out.
1: Great. Okay. <laughs> now you know. That's all you needed to know. You don't need my advice. <laughs> People can
0: find you and your band at com. They can. Uh, this record is in record stores. Is it everywhere or like...
1: Yeah, that's, it's that's well. Cleopatra just releases it, so they put it wherever Cleopatra puts things. Okay. But all the places, I mean, it's here on here Austin, Amazon. You can get probably. I don't even know. I should know, probably. Yeah, you should. Right. Know. Well, I mean, the the vinyl's new, so up until oh really? Yeah, the vinyl is going to be out in November. So the the CD's been out since May, um, and that's just you know you can buy that any old any old place. All the all the places. Cleopatra sells it. Amazon sells it. All the all the things. Merch bar. But uh, but yeah, as far as vinyl goes, I I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, because it's cool. It's uh, and it's I, I got it. Uh, so it, all the all the vinyl are different. You know that yeah. like a grab bag thing. So some of them are swirly and some of them. Oh are crack, really? And so yeah, I don't know what that <gasps> one looks like. It did
0: you? Do, it might be super lame. I don't know. Did you do it through <laughs> uh, uh, Gold Rush?
1: Here? I did it Somebody through. Else? I think I did it through. Oh, that's pretty, right? Oh, this is
0: killer. Yeah, I'm looking at the cool? album right now.
1: Yeah, all purpley and swirly.
0: Annie Davis, you are my idol. I'm Aww. serious. I'm not joking. I'm Aww. like I'm gonna find out ways to be more like you. You were this has been an inspiring conversation.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna tell all my friends I'm gonna play a gig Please tonight do. that has a lot of people yeah. in the thing. It's a thing where one band plays and then a thousand people sing a song.
1: Oh, that's fun. One at a time. Where is it?
0: It's at Saxon Pub.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. I love Saxon Pub. It's like
0: my second night at Saxon Pub. I'm like,
1: Oh, that's great. I want to play me? saxon so bad. I, you I, do? Yes. Oh, you I can play really saxon, do. man. Come I, on, I, man. I would love to play that place. I, I can't get them to call me back. All right. They don't know me. I'm
0: going to have to talk to some people. It's I great. mean, my picture's not on the wall there, but they're real nice to me.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. You got an in. Make
2: <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah. Great
0: <laughs> to meet you. Great Everyone can find you. you at TrashyAnnie.com. This record, Sticks and Stones, is available wherever it is you stream and download music. A Vinyl is available as of, because this is not going to come out November for a few cent. weeks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, thanks for doing the show. People,
1: a sparkly glitter that's right. finger record for their Christmas yeah. present. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing the show.
1: Thanks, man. Oh,
0: special thanks to Lori <gasps> for introducing Lori. us. I'm glad. I, I like her a lot. Lori. And her, her radio now is called uh, uh, Radio Jane.
1: Yes. I believe that's what it's Yes. Yes. She's right. amazing. Check Lori's it out. Lori's
0: awesome. Yeah, she is. That was Annie Davis, better known as Trashy Annie. Her new album, Sticks and Stones, available on Cleopatra Records, wherever it is you stream and and download music. Also on vinyl, you can find her at TrashyAnnie.com. Don't forget, you can see her Saturday, December second, at Captain Quackenbushes down south there on Manchaca, isn't it? It's on Manchaca or south? No, it's on right Manchaca. I think it is. Whatever, look it up. Captain Quackenbushes. Go to TrashyAnnie.com for all of your Trashy Annie needs. And gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out Trashy Annie. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts getting new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. I will give you a heads up. Next week, there's going to be three shows, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lots of great conversations coming your way in the month of December. Yeah, baby. All right. Enjoy it. Have a great week, whatever, or weekend. Sorry. Have a great weekend. Whatever is you're doing, I'm thinking about you. Let's get down.